Welcome back, family, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash we do it all. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. And this right here is a very special episode, a very, very special episode, not only because we are doing the best team in the NBA of all time, history, mm-hmm. current, uh, when your mama lived, when your daddy lived, when, when you <laughs> live, it don't matter, man. This is the best team of all time. That's why this episode is special. But this episode is special for a whole nother reason, man. We got my boy Steph. We got my boy TB. We got Trill Buckets. We got That's Trill. good, man. That's good. The name's going forever. My dog, how you doing? Man, I'm chilling, bro. We... It sucks to say because as Lakers fans, we're used to championships, we're used to winning, we're used to being that team at the top. But considering where the year started, it's hard not to say it was, I don't want to say successful, but for lack of better terms, it was a surprise. It was a year that we can at least be happy about going into the offseason. And I've said it all year, decisions are to be made this offseason, and that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. We're going to talk about some of those decisions, man. And uh, for the family out there, before we get into it, make sure you go show my boy Trill some love. Everything will be linked in the description down below. Social medias, YouTube, go show him some love. Another great YouTube content creator. But let's stop wasting stop wasting time. Let's get straight into it. See, look, man, you said it best. Um, the way that year started didn't look great. But then they were able to turn around, made it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, they finished with the with the record of 43 and 39 as the seventh seed. Uh, like we mentioned, did beat the Timberwolves in the play-in, beat the Grizzlies in six, beat the Warriors in six, and then got swept by the Denver Nuggets. So, true. my first question I got for you, brother, is as a Lakers fan, how do you feel on the year? Like, are you happy so- and sad? It's one of those things where it's it's in stages because, you know, we started the year two and ten coming off of the first disappointing year with Russ on the team. We come back into the year again, which I feel like most Lakers fans, we try to be as optimistic as possible. We try to keep our hopes as high as they possibly could be. But we kind of knew in the back of our head the Russell Westbrook project isn't going to work. So in the beginning, it was more like. We're just trying to stay afloat. We're trying to figure out where we stand. And really and truly what I remember from the Lakers from the beginning of part of the year is trying to figure out who we're going to go get in the trade deadline. There was a lot of teams where they're playing hardball majority of the year and it's the Lakers. Who wants to deal with the Lakers? Nobody ever wants to trade with the Lakers. No team, not even a team at the bottom of the barrel. They're, They're just not doing it. So it was one of those things that it was it was difficult for Palinka, difficult for you know Lakers as a fan base because we see bad basketball night in and night out. We fast forward to we'll say about December, January time. I believe LeBron was hurt during that time for some portions of the season. Um, Anthony Davis exploded. He was going crazy. He gave us hope. He had a crazy tear for about 15 game stretch or something like that. And it was just one of those things where, okay, now we feel like if we get some pieces, we're good going forward. We got those pieces. So we finished the season, 11 games left. We were the 11th seed. We figured it out, got into the playoffs. And at that point, I felt like our ceiling was the Western Conference Finals. I never thought we would beat Denver. However, I was optimistic, and I was sure that it could happen. If anybody, it would be us. So it just didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, 
It was an, it was unfortunate, and that, that that that's a great answer because the the way I'd answer that is, look, I'll say, as a Lakers fan, I'm I'm happy. I guess I would say I'm content with the way the year went, but I'm very disappointed the way we went out. I think getting eliminated, getting swept in the Western Conference Finals is like crazy to me. Like we could not even get one game. Like the Miami Heat got one game on the Denver Nuggets, and there was a lot of issues. There was a lot of things that we that the Lakers did to honestly play themselves out of the game in that in that western conference uh, finals but i mean uh, the reason why i say i have to be a bit content with the season is because you said it we started two and ten didn't have the 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 right fit darvin ham's first year as a head coach which i'm i'll get your opinion on him a little, little later on the show but i'm not too high on him but it's darvin ham's first year as head coach all these things and then like you said we were still able to turn around after that trade deadline had the best record in the league and um honestly I think if we would have had that team the entire year, I don't doubt we would have been the sec- the second seed. I'll be honest with you. I don't doubt we would have been the second seed. I know a- a- you then you would have to play in Anthony Davis, his injury, and LeBron James, his age, and how is that going to work out? But as far as like team wise, what I what I was saying coming into the coming into the playoffs, and I- I'll I'll be honest, man, I was saying that I got the Lakers out the West, and here's my here's my reasoning because the Denver Nuggets, we we knew we knew they were good, we knew they were legit, but me. I, I'm not gonna believe until you show me. And they had and that up to this up to this year, they hadn't showed me, right? Like, okay, you can That's blame M- you could blame MPJ, blame Jamal Murray for not being there, blame all this and that, you know, when Jokic won his MVP and whatnot. But I hadn't seen them, you know, do this, really show that they are this dominant team. And I, I looked at it like, look, your best player is Jokic, our best player is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the true defensive player of the year. When he wants to, in my opinion, I, I, yeah, it's crazy because I had him as my choice for DPOY this year, but hey, things happen. (laughs) I, I think it's just more so if he didn't miss as many games as he missed. But to to respond to what you said with regard to Denver, the only reason I didn't feel like we would pass them is because this was a team that, for the most part, when they didn't do it, it wasn't necessarily because they just weren't good enough for the better part of the last couple of years, they just didn't have certain guys. The last time I think I could comfortably say Denver wasn't really good enough or ready for that spotlight, that moment or whatever, was back when we beat them in the bubble. I think they were still pretty young then. They didn't have, you know, the rotational pieces like they have now with KCP, Christian Brown, Bruce Brown. They didn't have some of those guys too. But even after that, you know, like you said, MPJ gets hurt. Jamal Murray gets hurt. Jokic is by himself last year. Like, so I think it just was a lot of things where it was the uncontrollables that was causing them not to win. Um, whereas this year, it just seemed like everything was popping off and it was perfect for them. So, and I, I'm not going to lie, they were one of my teams to watch going into the year. So I watched a lot of them. So that's the only, that's the only team in the West where I was like, once we got to February, March time, that was the absolute only team where I was like, it's going to be a dog fight trying to get past them strictly because their team has been together for so long. They have a full training camp together and not for nothing. This team that is technically the best NBA post trade deadline. They've only been that for three, four months. So it's, it was going to be hard pressed. And I think that's part of the reason there's a lot of people saying, let's run it back instead of, you know, making a deal to go get Kyrie or making a deal to go get someone like Trey Young, as we've heard, or, you know, some, some other moves that they've been talking about. There are some people that want to run it back. And 
obviously, I think we need to add some pieces. I think we need to strengthen in some areas. And I think we need to drop a couple of people as well before that happens. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you, T. And I mean, I think that's that, that's a great transition to to let, let's talk about the offseason. Right. When we know we, the, we we had a season. We were able to turn it around. Unfortunately, you know, went out with a swept. Disappointing, but put it behind us. Let's move forward and let's look to the future and what we got next. That's this upcoming offseason. So, true, we got a lot of decisions to make as a Lakers fan. Uh, like how you said, we can, you know, rebuild, run it back. We can try to go get a big-time name like how L.A. often does. But right now, what I want to know is if Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss, and the NBA community came up, came through that door right now, Trill, and said, Trill, tell us what we going to do. What's our number one part? priority coming into this offseason number one priority well i i think i would say one a one b i can't put one over the other sign rui hachimura and austin reeves those are the top priorities on the list barring anything else we saw what happened in 2020 when we let guys walk you see kcp is doing his thing pretty much the same thing he did for us he's doing it for Denver now maybe it might be on a little bit of higher level we see caruso He's doing his thing, but he's rotting in Chicago. We see Kuzma. I got a video on him coming out soon. I think he's about to be a son in a couple of days. But with that being said, we could still have him now. Malik Granted, Monk he too. Was, yeah, Malik Monk. I completely forgot about him. Like These are guys that we moved off of that we really didn't need to. So I think... I think more than anything else for this offseason, the best thing to think about and keep in mind is learn from your mistakes. Learn from what you had in 2020, because in 2020, instead of building from that and retooling from that, we almost rebuilt like the team was washed, the team was done. And that wasn't the case because, like, I'd argue instead of JaVale McGee being the second, third bench guy on some of these people's benches, he could be a very valuable backup big to Anthony Davis. He can take the brunt off of Anthony Davis that doesn't force him to be such a hard-nosed defender, which we know he's an injury-prone guy, so that, that doesn't bode well for him in terms of his history. Like, there, there's certain, there's little pieces out there. Dwight Howard, I think he's still serviceable on the defensive end. I don't know if many people remember, and this is three years ago now, so I, I know how this basketball thing goes. I know how Father Time goes. But if y'all remember when AD was off the court and it was a JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard backcourt, our defense was ridiculous. They weren't doing anything on the perimeter because we had great guard play at the top with Caruso and KCP. And then if they funneled them on the drive, you had Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee protecting the rim. And 90% of the time, this was when LeBron and AD were not in the game. That's the same. That's what we're missing right now, because right now we're relying on those two guys so much. And now LeBron, he's going to probably get foot surgery this offseason just to tighten some things up with that foot. We got AD. I, I'm at the point with AD where I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. We're I'm sorry. Talk about and that. I, and, and talk I understand about that. how well he played. I like to trust my stars, but that's probably not going to happen. So being realistic with that being said, after you sign Rui and after you sign Austin Reeves, figure out what the hell you're going to do with D'Angelo Russell. Get him out of here, in my opinion. But if you're not going to get him out of there, I need you to bring in a quality point guard that is starting over him. I don't need him starting, and I don't want Dennis Schroeder back. I unfortunately feel like it in my bones, and I don't. 
I, I would like this player if it was for a lot less money. But I feel like we're going to sign Father Fred. Fred Van Vliet is probably coming to the Lakers. And there's rumors that he's going to sign anywhere up to $30 million, And that, if we do that, <laughs> if I, I can I can only justify signing him to $20 million. I, I can't even go higher than that. So th- those are the first things that you need to tweak and figure out while also figuring out how are we going to get – three and D players, not just shooting, not just defense. We need them both. I love Jared Vanderbilt, but we do need a guy that doesn't make him be a corner bandit. That's what we saw in the playoffs. That's not his game. And he can shoot the ball okay. I'm not going to say well. I'm not going to say above average. But he knocked it down here and there. But with that being said, we need a true three and D guy that can truly hit that shot to where – Vando can now go back to the cutter spot, which we saw him do very, very well when he first got traded to the team. And last but not least, I think you move off of Malik Beasley, move off of Mobamba, and from there, go into this free agency and try to bolster your roster. I think there's a couple of guys in the free agency pool that you could sign to prove a deal on. You could sign to a deal that they're, they're basically fighting for their next contract, if that makes sense. And I think there are also some guys that you can sign that are very under the radar, like bring back Josh Hart. Why not try to do that? You know, instead of a guy like Father Fred. You know, I mentioned Kelly Oubre when we were talking about another team on our Three of Keys uh, episode. You, you could bring in a guy like that. Kelly Oubre, that's a perfect kind of guy for L.A. culture, if we're being honest. And this this is gonna sound crazy. Dylan Brooks. I hey <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one, brother. <laughs> Listen, bro. If you can get well, I, I I don't know because I feel like the lights will be way too bright in LA for Dylan Brooks. So now that I'm saying that I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, but you know what? Forget the number. We'll go get Seth Curry. You know, okay. but the, but my my point is there are plenty of those kind of guys in the free agency pool that we could truly bolster our roster with and not have to pay them that much money. And I think that should be the priority going into this. Of course, look into getting one of these stars that are pretty much rotting where they are. Try to get Dame. Try to figure out a package for Dame. And if say you do get a package for Dame. Now we got Dame, Bron, AD, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, those, those, and Vando. I'm fine with those dudes being that main six core. Now you can bolster the roster with some of those free agents I named, and now you have a team that when you come into the year, we're looking at the West like we only looking at Denver, and that's the only team we want to play, and especially me because I'm tired of the Denver shit talk. Right, boy, you would, th- you would almost think they've been dominating us forever, but <laughs> – you know, man, we can't we we can't stand those those team fans who they just win like one once or twice. You know, we, we used to this. You know, we used to this. So mm-hmm. one championship not really gonna move us, not really gonna impress us. Uh, but what one thing I so I want to say some things so uh, for some things that you were talking about, right? Um, first thing is uh, I just love talking about the Lakers because it's like you know you can throw Dame, you can throw uh, you, know, you can throw Dame, you can throw Demar, you can throw players who aren't even free agents. Like you just mm-hmm. throw them here and say like it's a possibility for the Lakers because like, we're that franchise <laughs> that we do that. You could just we, fuck around and land the player that you wanted. You didn't even think we we're gonna land. Now all yep. of a sudden we got him. So that's mm-hmm. one thing I love about the Lakers. So I just definitely wanted to mention that. But as far as right, so um, I'm 
in agreement with you as far as number one priority, 100%, 1A, 1B, bring back Austin Reeves, Ruch, uh, uh, Rui. I mean, Rui was second in the NBA for uh, points off the bench. Uh, he he was able to play multiple roles for us. There are some series where he can he can step up because he's got the mismatch. There are some series where he's okay with taking the step down because it's just it's not his series. Um, love, to, love to have a player like that. So definitely mm-hmm. got to bring Rui back. And then Reeves, um, you, you know, you talked about it, right? I think he's a huge part of the solution of this problem that we're about to have with the, with the, you know, one, one point guards, one to two guards. Um, but I don't think he's enough, right? You got to for sure bring him back, yeah. but he's not enough. Um, and then that kind of leads me to my, to my next question, which we can, we have the route of, you know, we can bring back, we can bring back Dennis and Lonnie and, uh, AR and, and all the other guards. And I have, forgot about Lonnie. I forgot about Lonnie. So, so we can have the, the, we can have like a deep like point guard slash slash two position. We can be deep there. Or what we can do is like, how you mentioned, we can go out and go get a big time name like Fred, like Kyrie, like you, you, you bought him, you bought up some great points. Like maybe, you know, Seth Curry would think would be great. We talked about Josh Hart yesterday. Another player I think would be good. Not so much on the defensive end, but would help our shooting Gary Trent jr. Um, please. He's another free agent. So some, some players who um, some players who we can get there. So now that's, I want to turn it to you again, T and I want to ask you, would you rather go to the direction of all right? Let's have a boat, like let's have a lot of you know good solid role players at the one and two, or let's go and you know let's let a lot of these guys walk and then bring in a big time name like a Fred, like a Kyrie, maybe not Kyrie, but like these all those other guys. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Like I'd rather bring in a big time name, or if if it's not a big time name and you do get more of a role playing kind of guard. I want one that's more consistent on the scoring end because that that's that's a big thing when you get to the playoffs is the guard play. We've seen what Jamal Murray did. We saw what Darren Fox was doing. We saw what we saw what various guards were doing to push their team forward. With the Lakers most specifically, we saw what Austin Reeves played his way into a contract this year strictly because of his guard play against the top guards that they faced in the playoffs. So with that being said, I feel like we've had We've technically had role players at guards. Now, Austin Reeves, I don't call him a star, but I'm not going to call him quite a role player. But like Dennis Smith or Dennis Smith Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, sorry. He he's one of those dudes where it's like I don't like inconsistency. Damn. Same thing with D'Lo. Like I, I know Dennis Schroeder is going to play pretty good defense. And he's going to do something on the defensive end that causes disruption. But you also need to be able to go get a bucket. And what we see from a lot of these backup guards in the league, a lot of these backup guards that we've seen in the playoffs, they can still go get a bucket. They can still make an impact. Christian Braun did it. Bruce Brown did it. Jalen Brown was hooping. Uh, they didn't play, play in Pritchard too much, but Derek White was hooping. Like We, we saw backup guards and – Gabe Vincent, like hooping throughout these playoffs. So it's like, I need a dude that can go get me a bucket. So with that being said, why not go get someone like Dante DiVincenzo who just, who just declined his player option that that's a name where it's not a huge splash, but it's a big enough splash. Those are that, that's the kind of tier that I'm looking at. If you don't go get someone like, if, if you're not able to get Dame or something like that, someone that's a top name, Go get someone like a Dante DiVincenzo. You mentioned Gary Chern Jr. I love that. I love that name because I've wanted him on the team a few years back. 
We already mentioned a Josh Hart, Josh Richardson. Like there, there's a plenty of guys on here that they could get you a bucket or two if you need it while playing very good defense. So I think that should be prioritized in terms of the guard play because I think the guard play is really where we struggle the absolute most. And in this league, the guards are immensely talented now. So when it comes to guarding these best guards, it's tough when you don't got guards yourself because they're going to abuse your forwards. We saw that when we played Golden State. We tried to put Vando on Steph, and it worked for a game or so, but they started to abuse that length that he has and that lack of speed. So I, I just think we should go for that kind of player at the guard position. Um, it makes it hard because – Unlike any other team, you have to wonder if the moment or the lights are too big for the player that's coming in. And that that's what's been the biggest key to me because we've had a lot of good, even great players come in that they wear the Laker uniform. They can't really live up to it. But once mm -hmm. they leave, it's like they're a dog. It's just that moment is too big. So that that's also a thing that you got to question. And as fortunate as it is, that it's that prevalent when you're a Laker. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, us Lakers fans, we know it best. Like there's so many players who just come to the Lakers and you're like, whoa, like you were just balling out last year. You stopped balling this year. And then they be hooping against us. L Lou like they're, they're playing Lou against us and had a career team. year, bro. Lou Williams, bro. Yeah, man, I Lou Will like came to the man. Lakers and like sucked, but with every up. year he would before and after was so nice, man. Yeah, that was a tough one. I'm not gonna lie, but but yeah, I'm mm. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and 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 that's so 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 that's why I here's where we have a bit of a disagreement. I don't know if we should, in my opinion, I don't know if I want to bring in a big time name. Only kind of not only well, one of the reasons is for that, right? Like, we don't know if this, if the lights are gonna be a little bit too bright. We know what we got with AR. We know AR can 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 hoop. In my opinion, I say we bring back Lonnie. I know you said no no Dennis, and I absolutely agree. He is very inconsistent, but with the options that we have, we either can keep have a you know a lot of guards and um in and have that three guard rotation of Lonnie AR and um yeah and Dennis and yeah, Lonnie AR and Dennis. And then, yeah, we could run that three-guard rotation, or we could not be able to have all those players and bring in a big-time name. But I'm more leaning on the side of let's have all those players. And then now we get to D'Lo, where we can potentially even have a fourth. <laughs> we could potentially even have a fourth guard into this rotation. But here's now, now here's what I'm going to say, right? Here's my like because I I like D'Lo. I'm not going to lie, but I also what? know how in the fit, brother. This is a D'Angelo Russell from when he first got bro. drafted to the Lakers. When bro. he first got drafted to the Lakers. We had a conversation about winners, and of all people that you like, the one that has is a he's just a playoff dropper. There's no other way to put it. You want him back? <laughs> Listen, I want him back for the simple fact of he's let's be honest. He's a good point guard. He's a great point guard at getting people set up. He can get Anthony Davis a lot of easy buckets, a lot of off the pick and roll. You know, he may be very inefficient. He may take the most ridiculously dumb shots. Looks like he waits for the defense to come sometimes. Then he takes a shot. I'm not going to lie. It's really annoying. But what I do think is that if we can get him for the right price. Now that's now that was my caveat. I was gonna say D'Lo it thinks he's I'm pretty sure he's he thinks he's a 30 million dollar man. That's what he <laughs> thinks he is. He's I'll a fucking honest. idiot. That's who that's who he is. That's who he is. <laughs> my thing is, and I, I like everything you said up until bring back D'Lo. 
I'm fine with the three guard rotation of Schroeder, AR, and Lonnie. Now, when you do that, you could bring in one of these guys that are on the point guards list and on the free agent point guard list. And obviously, some of these names, like they're going to stick with their team and who they're with. But like you have Gabe Vincent, Javon Carter. Those are unrestricted free agents. You don't have to even that you don't have to worry about their teams matching. Like those, those are some guys that I think would fit much better than D'Lo. You you have uh, I mentioned earlier. I, I don't think we'd be able to get Fred Van Fleet cheaper than we would get D'Lo, but that that's also a guy that I think I would trust over D'Lo only because he's shown to be a playoff riser and in the biggest moments he's a hooper, and I, I think that's the biggest portion to it because. When it comes down to that late game situation, Dennis Schroeder, sometimes I'm not sure if it works for him if, you know, AD and LeBron aren't going in the clutch time. Whereas I know if you put Father Fred and you put AR in the backcourt for the last clutch time, clutch minutes, whatever, or you put Lonnie Walker with Father Fred, whomever you decide other than Dennis Schroeder for those clutch time minutes, they're gonna perform. They're gonna show up in D'Lo. Nah, Playboy. Nah. <laughs> oh, and it, and it makes it even worse. It makes it worse for D'Lo because I was on his train when they were saying go get Kyrie, trade D'Lo, whatever. When they were saying sign and trade, I was saying no. D'Lo is gonna do better for us for what we need. Kyrie is a bucket, yes, but what we need is the ball to be funneled to AD. D'Lo does that best out of anybody on our team. Dennis Schroeder can't make an entry pass to save his life. AR, he's good here and there, but for the most part, and I like AR because if he can't make an entry pass, he'll try to find a way to get the ball to somebody else that can make it. But I was on D'Lo's side, and yeah, bro, you <laughs> look true. I'm not gonna that up. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie because of what you talked about of his fit on our team. That's why I'm still on this side, and because I got his jersey from his rookie year. But I look, the bro. best thing about D'Lo, he has an aesthetically pleasing game, and that's about it. All left, that's all about... left-handers do though. <laughs> yeah, but then when it got to the playoffs, the shit was ugly, bro. Yeah. Like, bro, I, uh, no, no. I look, uh, a <laughs> man, look for for. For the right price, and and for me, the right price is like two years, like fifteen million. <laughs> but he's not gonna take that. <laughs> he's not gonna take that though. But that's the right price. If we could get him to just be a point guard, give AD easy buckets for two years, fifteen million, we good, buddy. Seven point five a year is crazy. Well, that's not crazy to me. I agree with you. But to him, he gonna to be him. like, yeah. Man, yeah, D, yeah, D'Lo. So D'Lo's realistically probably gone, but um, but if we if we if we could get him for the right price, that'd be great. But what I have to ask you, so T, this is a this is a huge topic, and we there's almost every topic with Lakers is huge. But out of the whole show, I'm not gonna lie, like this is where I this is what I really want to get your opinion on. You talked about Anthony Davis. You said uh, I don't know. So T, Anthony Davis is extension eligible. Three years, one hundred and sixty-eight million this offseason. Do you extend him? So let let's let's we gotta unwind it. We gotta unpack it. We have to. We can, I can't just dive into an answer. You feel me? Like because that's and as unfortunate as it is, if this was an Anthony Davis who plays sixty games year in and year out, no brainer. You're in the midst of your prime. You're 
I don't even know if he turned 30 yet. If he did, he's a new new 30-year-old. It's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. It, it, shit, some people that are just turning 29, 30, they, they'd be getting the five-year Supermax again right now. Some some players, not all, but he's been hurt, so of course he didn't get all NBA to get the Supermax and stuff. But with that being said, that, that portion of it would make it a no-brainer. Now, it hurts me because I'm one of those people who do buy into the is it a contract year kind of idea. When I say that, he was hooping a lot this year. And he showed a lot of flashes this year. He showed a lot of health this year. He's shown us a lot of good things that made me, at the end of that Denver series, I wasn't mad at AD or LeBron. I wasn't like, in in most cases, I would have been. In most cases, I would have felt it was his fault. And I felt like AD, AD played pretty well. He was just going up against a dog in Joker, in Jokic. Jokic pummeled through Adu, who is the best defending big in the West, and he pummeled through Bam, who is the best defending big in the East. Jokic, who he is. So I, I'm not mad at AD for that series. And not for nothing, the first two series prior, though he had on game, off game, on game, off game, he found a way to make his presence known regardless of if his score total was high or not. Great on the defensive end throughout the entirety of the playoffs. Now, when I get to the crux of it, other than this season, he's played 40 games and 30 games. And then the first season that he played with the Lakers, he played 60 games, which the first season was the year we won the chip. My issue with AD is his health isn't predicated on predictable events. His health is predicated on these random one-off things that happen that make you scratch your head and wonder how he's hurt why he's out for as long as he is, what's going on. So with that being said, I feel like if you do give him this contract, what you're basically doing is betting. You're just betting, really. I can't say betting against yourself. You're not betting against AD. You're not doing either. You're just you're gambling. That's the best way to put it. The question is, and I'm not in the Lakers locker room. I'm not in their medical room. I, so I, it's harder for me to say this. Do you trust AD going forward? Do you trust his his eating habits? Do you trust his workout habits? Do you trust everything he's doing to solidify his body to stay healthy going forward? And if you can come out of that, whatever thought process it is, and say you trust him, you give him that deal. And I'm not mad at that deal because you trust him and his health going forward. Like I said, a lot of his injuries are one-off instances where it's freak injuries and it's not things you can always control. Like we always hear the jokes about AD being hurt, but if you look at a lot of his injuries, it's a lot of someone's foot is under him when he lands. It's a lot of, it's a hustle play and he lands wrong. It's a lot of just just random things that you don't really expect that didn't really occur this year, which is why you saw him relatively healthy. So with that being said, if they do sign him, I'm not mad at it at all because I will say this, regardless if you sign him or not, I feel like Anthony Davis is the kind of piece that you'll be able to move regardless of his health issues and get something back in return Say you do see something wrong with the, the contract. You said three years. Say we get to year two and we're not liking what we're seeing. We don't like how the team is 
playing, gelling, chemistry, whatever, I think that'll be an opportunity to come off of AD and get some things in return, and I'm not mad at that. So I think you sign him. That's uh, I, I know it's a long way to get to that, but I, I think you sign him. Anthony Davis is – he's a top defending big in the league, and you don't just get that any and every day walking into the league. So you hold on to that and keep that. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought you was going to hit me with at the end. Like <laughs> we don't sign him. And that's, and that's how, so I, and, and I, I'm not gonna, lie. I can't be mad at it, but I was going to be shook at it. I'm not gonna lie. I was going to be really shook because like how you said, like with a player like Anthony Davis, like those once in a generational like talents, what, in my opinion, I'm in, I'm in the impression of like, you just get those guys and then figure it out how you're going to figure it out later. Like, you just mm-hmm. get them, get them on my team. Come on, come with me. We'll figure it out later. We'll figure out who's going to get paid. How's this going to happen and whatnot. But I guess to answer this question, the, the question is, do we extend him this offseason? I'm on the same side with you. I'm on the side of yes. And now here's my, uh, I guess, you know, my reasoning and my thought when when he comes into it. He is a huge injury risk, like huge injury risk. And and what's crazy is I was listening to your point, and you, I know you were saying, like, if if you trust him, then go ahead and give him that extension. But if not, then, you know, maybe think twice about it. The crazy thing is I don't trust him with, with, with injury, and I don't trust his health going forward, but yet I'd still want him to give him, still would want to give him the extension on the fact of, like, the five market is very slim. The, the five, yeah, four yeah. market is very slim. So unless you're going to get Jokic or Embiid back, which we're not going to get, you're most <laughs> likely going to, you're most likely going to downgrade, right? You're most likely yeah. going to downgrade. And if we downgrade right now at this point, LeBron James is going to leave the next day. If we downgrade on a Tuesday, LeBron James will be on another team by Wednesday. He's 38. Mm-hmm. He has no time to downgrade. Like this team, this Lakers team is being built Yes, LeBron is very important, but in my opinion, this team is built around Anthony Davis. If, yeah, if we go, for sure. If Anthony Davis goes, we go. If Anthony Davis and that go, that that's been what's so irritating about it because we know that it's almost like he didn't know that. Man, man, exactly <laughs> right. So, so he he's he's our he's our engine. He makes us go. So, in my opinion, if you don't extend him with LeBron James at thirty eight, like LeBron is he's out of here. He's like, I'm done. I'm, right. What, what we're not we're not winning anything. We're not even making the play. Man, go get cat. <laughs> Man, go do something, man. Go get cat, bro. That I would be very upset if I seen Anthony Davis walk, and now every day I gotta watch Cat play in a Lakers jersey. Bro. I'd be very bro. upset. Sorry, Chelsea. <laughs> Sorry, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Nah, never mind. Nah, 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 nah. Because nah. only I'm only thinking about Cat when he plays us, and when he plays us, it's like he feels like he has a point to prove. I don't, I don't know. That's a lot of players in the league, though. A lot of players in the league just get off on the Lakers. Uh, yeah, man. I'm used to it as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, then look. So yeah. So I, I guess. So we're. I'm happy. We're both on the agreements. We both give Anthony Davis the the extension. And I, and I really, I really do like that plan that you mentioned. If it doesn't, if it's clearly not working this next year, then you just, you know, you look to move off him. But again, my only thing is, if you move off him, like you, you just got to rebuild you right there. You got to figure out what you're getting. Like if you don't get. You got to get at least the amount of picks you got for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> because like, man. there's no, there's no real big in the league that you can genuinely like. You can say, I like I named Cat like jokingly, but mm-hmm. like after Embiid and Jokic, Cat is the next one, and after that, I don't know who else I could ever justify going to with AD. Like, yeah, and even still, Cat is one of those where. If we do trade, like we get cat, you're still gonna give us some more on top of giving us cat. Like, 
and that's how I feel. But man, yeah, yeah no, I agree. Yeah, that 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 five market is slim. Um, so might as well hold on to AD while we got him and just you know pray to God and hope that God can keep can keep him good and uh won't won't let him get hurt. But well, before we get off free agents and extensions, um, extension eligibility, I, what I want to ask you is about any other free agents that you feel like we should bring back. We still have Troy Brown Jr., still have Malik mm-hmm. Beasley and Tristan Thompson, um, and then Mo Mamba, I believe, is extension I, I don't know why you even named Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Kendrick Perkins said bring him back. He brought some good minutes in the, in the playoffs. I just – fuck no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but – Honestly, I, I like some Troy Brown minutes, but I don't think he's the kind of guy that we're looking to win. He, I don't think he's that guy. I think instead you start to – you look a little bit – dip your toe into a free agency pool a little bit more, looking to getting Naj Reed, um, nice. looking to getting, like I said, Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo. Um, I, I, I understand they say Bruce Brown's staying and they're running it back, but – if you have an opportunity, if you can offer him more, if he just opens his ear just to listen, you got to try it. Like there, there, there's a couple players out there. Um, I do think we should bring back Scotty Pippen Jr. I, I, Great I want to see him develop. I'm not sure if Max Christie is a restricted free agent quite yet, but if he is, him as well because he is a – pretty good shooter he developed pretty well i liked what i saw out of him ending the year um but for the most part i i, I genuinely feel like we're gonna have to dip our toe in the free agency market a lot more than we usually see the lakers do um but i i, I think there even though there aren't any splash names per se i think there are some pretty good support pieces in there that can help you win you know some games especially with you know, LeBron being, you know, the centerpiece in terms of playmakers on the team. Because when we look at the free agency pool, a lot of us say it's trash, but it's trash because there's not many bucket getters. It's a lot of catch and shoot guys on the list. So, you know, look into that. Christian Wood, they just said he's not coming back to Dallas. You know, explore your options. That's really all I think the Lakers should do, because there are some guys out there that, you can hone in on and that could help this team. Got it. So, so then, so as far as the free agency, the only thing we should bring back Scotty Pippen Jr., Austin Reeves, Rui, and Lonnie Walker. I or not think if that's if that no, 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 I want Lonnie back for sure. Lonnie? Okay, yeah, I want then, Lonnie yeah, back for sure. Um, and then, do you want because you say you don't want Dennis, right? Because Dennis is also on there. If you could bring Dennis back for a little bit cheaper, because I think he was getting paid like. What? Well, he wasn't being paid too much because we picked him up on a minimum. So if you could bring him back, I would bring him back because he was only getting paid like one or two million or something like that. But off the top of my head, Rui, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Scottie Pippen, if Max Christie is one. So that's six right there. And then our line our well, that one well, no, on Max Christie is in one. So that's five. So I think. Want to say our roster that would put us at like 12, 11. If you don't bring back Malik Beasley and you don't bring back Mo Bamba, I think that puts us back to like 10, 11 ish. Um, so I think you dip into the free agency a little more. We signed Shaquille Harrison to a two year rest of the season contract. I don't know what that means for this next season, but 
don't bring him back. I don't. Don't waste any money on bro. What's the fucking point, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm with that, you. <laughs> that was one of those signings. I was like, bro, don't piss me off. Why is this notification <laughs> coming to my phone? <laughs> you just look at it like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, all right, bro. I think I was actually editing that day, so I. I put my phone like to the side of me. I look and I was like, all right, bro. Let's anyway. lock in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Man, nah, I feel you. I'm I'm right there with you. But all right, brother. So look, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about, you know, on 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 roster. We talked about uh last season, some of the moves we should do coming into the offseason. But like I told you in the beginning, I need to get your opinion on Darvin Ham before I get you out of here. So go ahead, either open up your rant or open up your flower givings. I don't know how you feel. <laughs> You know, I've been very, very, I've been on the fence with Darwin. And it's because on one end of the fence, it's like he, he's he been giving a tough, a, a tough situation to come into. You know, the debut of his re- real regular season was 2-10. and 10. We ended up making it with the seventh seed in the West. We always going to say that because that was crazy. We went up 3-1 on the two-seed Grizzlies like – there, there are some things that you like to see because once you get to the playoffs, I think coaching matters a lot. And in the beginning, it was questionable about his rotations because it was like, you know, four guard lineups with AD out there. You're trying to kill AD, you know. But at the same time, it's that was a, in large part due to a bad roster construction. So then when we get a good roster – I'm not going to lie. There were still moments where it's like, what is this lineup? He did still have some short four guard lineups with AD at the five. Granted, it worked a little bit better because we had better guards at that point. We didn't have Pat Bev anymore. Um, we brought in D'Lo. We brought in Vando. So we it, it was better lineups when he put them out, but they were still not the best, especially in the playoffs. Um, despite some because timeouts are huge to me especially when it comes to stopping momentum, gaining momentum, doing what you need to do. He had some curious decisions with regard to timeout or the lack thereof with regard to the prowess of calling timeouts. Um, I remember I remember in one of the Grizzlies game, I don't know if it was game one or two, he carried five timeouts into the second half with him. Like the first half, and it, I, I want to say it was game two because we won game one pretty handedly and he d- didn't really need to and I wouldn't be worried about that. So I want to say it was game two. It was when we surrendered that 15-point lead and at the half okay. it was only two. Okay, so it was game two. That was questionable for me. We didn't carry five timeouts when you were up 15 and now going to half we're only up two. Is crazy. That's that wild. That's crazy. Wild. Basketball is a game of runs. Timeouts is how you. And stop you just runs. you just watching them have a run all <laughs> like up until halftime. So it's like that's crazy. Wild. <laughs> but I'll put it to you this way, and this might get this might be a surprise. But I give Darvin Ham and his staff a lot of kudos. The team came into the season despite the slow start with incredible energy. A lot of the games, we were in those games. A lot of those games, I feel like, could have gone our way if it were for one or two plays, sometimes one or two calls. With Winyan Gabriel, uh, Troy Brown, Austin Reeves, Max Crispy, like, 
those are some young players that you got to figure out what to do with in the league. Obviously, Austin Reeves has come a long way, but he came up with some good game plans. And even when Russ was there, Russ had some pretty good games. And I think that had to do with some of Darvin's game plans. Let's not forget, Darvin made the decision to bench Russ despite how Russ felt. And once he benched Russ, it was for the betterment of our team. Like Russ had some pretty good minutes off the bench here and there. Um, and he he was still doing a hell of a job. So I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those nitpicking kind of fans. I nitpicked on the ro- rotation, nitpicked on some timeout mistakes. I, nit- I nitpicked on some little things that you should see out of a veteran championship winning coach, which might be unfair to Darwin because this is his first time on a head coaching job. And on the Lakers uh, above anybody else. So above all else, I have to say with as hard as it is being a Lakers coach, being on the forefront and all the things that he's had to deal with and overcome to get us to the Western Conference Finals, Darvin Ham has done a hell of a job. He He's done pretty well it, with – with what he was given in the beginning to where he made it in the end thus far, come on now. He he he's he's done this thing because though you got those players during the trade deadline, you still got to get them to where you need to get them. And he got him to the Western Conference Finals. Granted, we didn't get a win there, and that's that's one of the major blemishes that I have with regards to his coaching record because as a coach we should have got at least one or two. And I do think that came down to coaching more than anything else because we, though they were some good games against Denver. That's the most major blemish. But the fact that he got us there was very big to me in terms of my outlook on Darvin Ham. Um, Cause if we made the playoffs hot, I wouldn't even say hot seat, get him the fuck out of here. And if we lost early in the playoffs, he would have been on a very, very, very hot seat right now. But to beat the teams that he beat, the Memphis Grizzlies, who were in large part a top two, top three team in the West, the defending champion Warriors, and then you make it to the Western Conference Finals, I got to give you your flowers. That's fair. That's fair. No, I'll be I'll be real, brother. I'm not going to lie. I was one of those guys. I was hard on Darvin Ham, like hard, like mm. all season. I was on him. But I'm also a Lakers fan, right? Like I, I, was, I was talking to one of my homies the other day. It's like, feel like when you're your team's fan you're going to be your team's hardest critic because you know you're watching mm-hmm. as much and you don't you 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 know what you can expect you're like we see would- every little good thing and yeah. every little small thing whereas with other teams you see the major good and the major bad you don't see the small intricacies along the way exactly exactly right so i'm not gonna lie like all throughout the season i was like man like i was just ripping darvin ham i was not mm-hmm. the type i was not the the you know, the advocate for him, but I agree. He wasn't a tough situation. Um, but like, let's talk. I, what I, what I really want to talk about is like some of those terrible lineups. Cause that, that's what threw me off. Like dog, there was like a one month stretch where we, this is before the trade too. This, there was a one month stretch where Lonnie Walker is getting DNPs. I did not understand why Patrick Beverly was out there starting games, but Lonnie Walker was getting DNPs. Like that was where I had my, Shoot, I was like, yo, there's no way this guy's seriously doing this right now. Like, really? And then and then you talk about the 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 lack of timeouts. You talk about um getting swept. Oh man, T, I'm so happy you brought up that point. In the playoffs, like Eric Spolcher proved it. 
the Miami Heat are a way worse team than the than the Denver Nuggets. Like I don't think they will ever be a, as good as a team as that Denver Nuggets team uh, was this last season. Yet Eric Spoelstra was still able to ch- make it a chess match and win a game. There was times. Okay, I'll be real with you, team. Tristan Thompson was getting no playing time. Started Bro. getting playing time in the NBA Finals. What What got me? It got me. You didn't even at least try to play Mo Bamba, bro. That's what got me. That's the part that, like, I I understand. Because my thing was, I I even told my girl, bro. I was, she was like, Tristan Thompson's still in the league. I was like, we just need a veteran. He's not going to play. Da, da, da. We're watching the game. Is that Tristan? <laughs> what the, like, bro, like, and it killed me because it was like, I understand Mo not being there or whatever, and he might see things in practice that we don't see. Fine, cool. But at least play him a little bit, Man. especially we down 3 0. Just try anything. Try, just, just try. Just try, you better try. You better throw shit out of the wall and see what sticks. Man, right. man. And then another thing I want to bring up before we get off of Darwin is I feel like, yes, he took rest, brought rest to the bench, but that took like almost two months. I feel like that should have been the first. As a coach, like I know egos are a big thing and, and, and whatnot, but as a coach, I feel like you got to come. You, you, you can't be scared. Like, oh, I don't want to step on this guy's toes. Like, you got to come lay the law down. Like, look, dog, like you're not. You you not him. You don't fit our starting lineup right now. I, I feel that, but at the same time, like, I, and I could be wrong. It, this is just me going off of what I remember watching. But I feel like before he just straight up benched him, he started to do s- some more minute things. Like he started to match Austin Reeves' minutes with his, or he started to. Matt Schroeder's minutes with his, even though he's coming off the bench, they still played like the same amount of minutes. Or I remember he didn't play to him. I think it was like a five-game stretch. I remember they saying like Russ didn't play in the last five minutes of the game. So like I, I feel like he took steps to get to that point, which is why it took so long. But I do agree it took too long. <laughs> like that's that's the overall point. It took too long because we all knew – we we knew what time it was, and I don't yeah. care that Russ was the highest paid on the team. The fit just wasn't there, and it was best for him to come off the bench. And we saw that because three dudes were three dudes on our team. Well, not Rui quite yet, because Rui came after the fact. But when we had Thomas Bryant and Troy Brown, they were wizards when Russ was a wizard, and Russ had a career year with the Wizards. And when he came off the bench. They were part of the reason he looked pretty good coming off of the bench because Thomas Bryant was on a, a nice little tear for a little while before AD came back from injury, and that was a credit to Russ. But, yeah, Darvin Ham, I think we had to bully him to get to the point where he yeah. stopped playing all these guards because I, I hope I don't see four-guard lineups this coming year. If I do, I'm going to be sick, bro. <laughs> Yeah, true. We we can make a drive down to LA to to, to Rob's office and go talk to him real quick. We're gonna have to because I I'm a, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm mad that they extended Palinka this last year. <laughs> I when I got that notification on my phone, I was like, bro, and it was before the ter- trade deadline, so it was really like. What are we doing? Do we really want to lose, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob Palinka, I'm not gonna lie. I have me and my brother, we have a joke that like he pulls off like one move and then won't do anything for like the next like two, three years. Oh. <laughs> that's that's Rob for you. 
Damn, I didn't even think about it that way. That nah, that's true. He one big move, and then he's like, "I'm good, y'all I'm good. got it." <laughs> <laughs> that's Rob for you, man. But but yeah, but I mean, I mean, overall on Darvin, me personally, even though it's as hard as I am on him, I do think that I we should probably give him the man another chance. It was his first year in LA. Let's give him another chance. But like you said, we better not see four guard lineups this next year um, with AD at the five. But T, look, let me ask you last question right here. This is this is right here how we gonna wrap up. You know, put a nice little bow on the episode. We talked about coaching, roster, uh, mm-hmm. off season, all that. But what I want to know is T, give me a word or a phrase to describe about how you feeling or how you felt about this last season. So a word or a phrase to describe about this last season, and then a word or a phrase for this next upcoming season. How you feeling coming into it? Well, I'll, I'll say this next coming season. It's hard for me to say for the next coming season, only because we haven't gone through free agency yet. But I will say, and I, I always am this because as a Lakers fan, you have to be optimism. That that and it's it might be a cliche word, and it might be a word used for a lot of people, but I I think that's you know, one of the biggest words and brightest words we could say, considering our outlook just a year ago in this spot, we didn't have who we have on the roster now. So we were coming into the season with a lot of question marks, a lot of what does this team need? Cause I, I vividly remember doing the off season plan and I was like, I don't even know what direction this team needs to go. Whereas now we actually have a stable ground foundation to where we're able to, make some things shake you feel me now in terms of this past season (laughs) i think the best way for me to put it is i i guess undisturbed undisturbed in a sense that this team did some great things this team did some bad things but it wasn't like our last two years to where it was a complete roller coaster to where we're completely like this the whole time. We we were pretty steady in the middle, and then you get to the trade deadline, and we start to just gradually do that. Um, but the ending to the year was very bitter as well. So though we ended on a high note, it's like you got to your peak and just immediately dropped. So I, I that's the best word I got, unbothered. Um, it's time to work. That's the, to work. that's the Ooh, best way to put it. I like that. I like so, that. All right. All right, man. Well, for the family out there, man, there you have it. Uh, this is our full uh, Lakers offseason plans, man. We talked about last season, talked about this season, Darvin Ham, everything. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And for the family out there, man, make sure you check out all of Trill's work. Again, everything will be linked in the description down below. Get at my guy, an avid Lakers fan, so you got to love it. But, T, I'm going to give you the floor. Do you have anything to say before we uh, wrap this up here? Hey, man. Say, man. Just go sub to the channel. I ain't really got too much for y'all. I know y'all Lakers fans just like I am. So, I'm going to tell you this now. Go peep my older Unpopular Opinion Lakers videos so that you can see how I was really reacting early in the season. And if you want that series to come back, I'll bring it back for my true Lakers fans. Check That's that all out, I got man. for you. Check that out, man. Check that out. Again, everything will be linked in the description down below. For the family, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and that's it. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out.